When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm delighted, I've been la-di-da-din Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top Man, these boys, they be potting I trust them like a lot And they told me that I get it Guess what? I got it You should do it too You will never lose If you ever do Must have been a ruse Ricky, that's my dude Stoops is super cool Sharks up in the pool been sparking up my tools i've been looking to win spend a little again i've been for spittle to them my god i riddled again i told them stop clowning around they said what goes up comes down i said i'm down with the sickness my team stay ill now come get this i'm just so dead with delight i stay ready tonight deep dive we rise that's the medley all right dead delight dead delight delight Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are going to continue on our trend of ranking the best 2021 uh, prospects. On today's episode, we're going to dive right into the tight ends. As always, I am joined by my co-host and partner here, Stoops. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Definitely excited to uh, dive in a little bit deeper with this one. We always kind of I don't want to say push the tight end to the side, but unfortunately we kind of do. But it's definitely nice to get get some uh, some knowledge out there about some tight ends, and so we can start hearing some different names and starting to uh, you know get some some promotion on on them. Because again, there's those tight end premium leagues out there. So in some of the leagues, tight ends definitely do hold way more value. So definitely excited to to talk some names and get some some knowledge out there. I agree 100%. Um, I will say, though, we were one of the first podcasts out there to talk about Adam Troutman next year. So when we put somebody's name out there, we're throwing some respect behind it. So, you know, we're going to pick outside a guy today that I think, you know, outside the Kyle Pitts and the Brevin Jordan, you know, you, we, we were just talking about this off the air. But, I mean, Kyle Pitts is, I mean, I couldn't think of the last tight end of his caliber that has been, that has the potential to be this good coming out of a class. And I know you agree with me 100%. Yeah, Kyle Pitts to me, I, I think he's. I mean, spoiler, he's he's far and above the top guy for me. Um, I, I just absolutely have loved what I've seen, you know, from watching film, looking at numbers, just kind of everything top to bottom. Kyle Pitts is just he's in a league of his own, in my opinion, for this tight end class. I agree, man. And that's the thing. Like we were just talking about, I talked about Trevor Grimes a little bit on last week's episode, and and talked about how he's a six five target in the red zone, and then of course you throw. Uh, pits in there at you know six you know six six himself he's athletic he's a beast he makes the plays you know whenever he needs to and it's like he hasn't even hit his peak yet you know what I mean like last year was just I feel like last year was just like that trial run for these guys that they're kind of kind of showcase what they're capable of doing you know he had a big game against LSU last year you know he had a couple big games last year but you know it's it's intriguing for me because of how in my opinion, and also in your opinion, how much better than he is than the rest of the class. Like this year's 
tight end class, I think is a you know for coming out in this draft coming up soon. It's a loaded class with with talent. You know what I mean. But there's not a Kyle Pitts in this class, and that to me is something that makes him stand out from the rest because he is he's good. He's good, and there's a lot of you know balls coming out that are going to be available for him to catch this year. And I think Florida is going to be a fun team to watch. I agree. All right, Stoops, with this tight end class, we're going to give our five through one, and then we're going to talk about one guy in that five through one that we really like a whole lot. So go ahead and kick it off with your five through one, and I'll give mine right after. Yeah, so at number five, I've got, um, what is it, Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. Uh, number four, I've got Josh uh, Josh Peterson out of Louisiana Monroe. Number three, Matt Bushman out of uh, Brigham Young. And then number two, Brevin Jordan out of Miami. And then, as I already spoiled it, uh, Kyle Pitt sitting at number one out of Florida. He's definitely, like I said, clear-cut number one for me. Yeah, way to spoil the entire episode. I know. The beginning of the show, Stoops. Jeez. Right in the intro, I spoiled it. <laughs> Yeah, number five, I've got uh, Pat Freermuth as well. Matt Bushman out of BYU coming at four. I got Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State coming at three. Um, and then Brevin Jordan at two. And then, of course, uh, Kyle Pitts at one myself. Um, out of these guys, we, we both kind of talked about it a little bit off air. Like, we're going to talk about Pitts. We're going to talk about Jordan in future player profile episodes. Um but for us, we wanted to kind of talk about somebody that maybe not everybody's talking about. So give us a guy in your five that you're going to talk about. Yeah, so the guy that I'm going to touch base on is uh, Josh Peter Josh Peterson out of Louisiana Monroe, coming out of high school. And the tight ends, uh, unless you're just one of those you know high, high caliber prospects, you, you generally don't get a, a super high grade coming out of high school. There are obviously the four stars, the five stars. But coming out of high school, Josh Peterson, he was a two-star prospect. So definitely not someone as highly touted. Um, 2,366th ranked player in the nation, number uh, he was the 100th ranked tight end, and he was number 10 player in Kansas. So, again, someone that wasn't necessarily, you know, ranked as high in the the player uh, player rankings as some others that we've, we've talked about. But his first two years over at Louisiana Monroe, he was kind of used in a, a two tight end system. So he wasn't seeing a lot of the targets. It was very much a shared system. So his first season there, he had 136 receiving yards on 12 catches, um, no touchdowns. Second season, he had 121 receiving yards on 12 receptions as well for two touchdowns. So definitely up there in the touchdowns a little bit, but we'll take it. Uh, but this most recent season, this is kind of where it really became his show. He was the guy, so he definitely got way, way, way more targets. He had 60 targets compared to the 16 and the 17, the two previous years um, in, in the respective years. So 2019, he had 60 60 targets on 43 receptions. He got 71.7% of those. So that's that's a pretty solid percentage. We'll definitely take that. 567 receiving yards. So again, coming from a tight end, that's actually a pretty solid number. You look at some other guys around the, the country, and they're not even close to that number. A lot of it's just uh, system-based, obviously, with the different systems. They utilize the tight ends, and other ones just kind of use them as a blocker and throw them the ball every once in a while. So 567 receiving yards with nine uh, receiving touchdowns. And he had 20. 20 first downs so he's definitely getting involved in the 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 plays every single down uh, definitely love seeing that he is able to block as well so he's going to stay on the field for many many plays when you look at the red zone production 
he had uh, 10, 10 targets inside the red zone for six receptions for 71 yards and four receiving touchdowns. So that's definitely something you want to see out of your tight end. Are they able to be used in the red zone more so than just <clears throat> the blocking aspect to get their running backs or, you know, a slot receiver open, anything like that? He's used in the red zone. He's able to catch those touchdowns. So that's one thing I absolutely love to see. One thing I found very interesting, because I do it for the receivers and the running backs, but I looked at his big plays, right? I looked at the the yardages for receptions, touchdowns, anything like that. So looking at it, 8 to 13 yards, he had 10, uh, 10 receptions for 8 to, 8 to 13 yards, 14 to 20 yards, he had 11. But the one that really stood out to me the most was the 21 plus yards. He only had five, right? So that's 11.6% of his total catches that went for 21 plus yards. But four of those five went for touchdowns. They were 36 yards, 33 yards, 47 yards, and 43 yards. So the fact that a tight end is able to make those plays um, on on the the big play aspect of it, not just those short yardage um, plays, it, it speaks volumes for what he's able to do on the field. And I looked at his down and distance performance as well. First and 10, right? That's whenever a lot of the guys, no matter the position essentially, are used. Those top guys that a program really likes to get the ball to, they're used on that first and 10 and he had 21 targets, 18 catches for 244 yards and four reception or I'm sorry, four touchdowns, four receiving touchdowns. So he was used heavily on first downs. Um, and then even on the third and medium and third and short aspects of it, he was used pretty heavily. Third and medium, nine targets, five receptions, 62 yards, no touchdowns. But when you look at the third and short, three targets, three receptions, two touchdowns. So the fact that essentially all of those receptions went for touchdowns just speaks volumes for what he's really, really capable. And then the final aspect that really stood out to me. So I went through and kind of uh, looked at the dominator ratings for these tight ends and everything. And I was just curious because most tight ends, from what I've gathered, are going to be, you know, even on the high end, a mid-teens, you know, potentially in the 20s, uh, 20% range, if they were really, really heavily involved. He was such a, a factor in that offense. He had a 30.7% dominator rating. That's phenomenal for anybody, right? Whether it's a receiver. Uh, running backs usually aren't that high either, but it's still a phenomenal number. But for a tight end to have a number like that, that's just huge. So absolutely love what I've seen from this guy. And the fact that he's a two-star prospect, um, and he's doing what he's doing again. Yes, Louisiana Monroe doesn't play the top-notch competition that a Florida, a Miami, a Wisconsin, even a Michigan, etc. Those programs play, right? So his numbers might be a little bit larger on that aspect. But just what he's able to do with the ball in his hands, I think, speaks volumes for what he's capable of. So I'm um, excited to see what we, we can get out of him this season. Yeah, I agree 100%. I like these low-key guys that we you know – it kind of started with us last year and kind of opened our eyes to smaller school guys like a Antonio Gandy Golden and an Adam Troutman and stuff like that. So I like that you picked a guy that not anybody or everybody would be willing to kind of step out and talk about this early in this process. Uh, for me, a guy that I wanted to talk about was uh, Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State, 6'5 and a half, 238, four star prospect. Um, the talent is here for this guy. He's great off the ball. He's quick in and out of his breaks. Um, he's aggressive towards the ball. He's a mismatch in the red zone. I hope he puts on a little bit more size and strength, obviously, because when you get to that next level in the NFL, you're gonna be you're gonna have to be able to make plays in both the run game and the pass game. I think his run blocking could be a little bit more improved upon, but. For me, a few things that kind of stand out as a collective whole for this team. You have about 46% of 
of the yards from Ohio State last year disappearing between Dobbins Hill and Mack. That's a lot of yards that's going to have to go somewhere on this team. Last year at the first game of the season against Florida, uh, Florida Atlantic, he kind of showcased what he was capable of doing. The talent is there. He had four catches, 38 yards, and two touchdowns. That was really his biggest game of the year. This guy only had 14, uh, 14 catches, 142 yards, and four touchdowns. But when you look at the stats, I like to dive a little bit more deeper like we both do. And eight, eight targets in the red zone versus 10 in the rest of the field. Eight targets, five catches, three touchdowns in the red zone. That's something that you like to see. You want to see a little bit more consistency out of him week in and week out. But I think that for me, when you look at the broad aspect of this entire team going into this year, with Dobbins gone and, and into the draft, and this is going to probably more than likely be the year that Justin Fields comes out. Justin Fields is going to want to really showcase his playmaking ability heading into this year. And I think that's going to factor in guys like Jeremy Ruckert who are going to be elevated because of that. If you look at some of the guys that were elevated last year because of a because of a Joe Burrow, you even have like Thaddeus Moss who rode that high and he wasn't even all that grand with the you know with the team the entire year. He came out because everybody in LSU on that offensive side of the ball that could come out was really coming out. So why not join the party and come out? I think Jeremy Ruckert's going to be a product of that environment. Because like I said, I mean a six five and a half red zone target, you're not going to you're not going to be able to cover him a whole lot of the time. They have other tools on this team that are going to elevate around him, and I think that are going to be able to get him free. And the way he's able to come off the ball, he's so aggressive and he's so fast, and he's he's got the playmaking ability. I I like to think of him when I was watching some of his tape. There's not a lot out there, obviously, but he kind of reminds you. And Stoops and I were talking about this off the air about how you know you have to be a little bit more athletic in this position now. Because if you're not, it, it, it's it's a passing game. We hear that consistently over and over and over again. And no matter how many times you see like a Derrick Henry, you see another team do something the complete opposite, where they're throwing the ball. You know, you got a team that just won the, the you know the Super Bowl, the Chiefs that threw the ball a lot last year. And you have Travis Kelsey on that team as a playmaking tight end. The 49ers on the opposite side, they had George Kittle, a playmaking tight end, an athletic playmaking tight end. So the position is ever changing, but. The guys that are able to play all three downs, like a Kelsey and, and like a, uh, a Kittle, are going to see the field a lot more. And like Stoop said, with the tight end premium, the where it is in some leagues, you're going to want a guy that's a big-time big body in the red zone, but at the same time can occupy the rest of the field. And I think Jeremy Ruckert's going to be one of those guys heading into this year. And this might not be on the foreshadow of right this second looking like a strong class, but I think a lot of that can be said almost you know, week in or year in, year out. You know, we can sit here and kind of have the outlook of a couple of guys that we think are going to be in that upper enchilada of the tight end class right now. But nobody really knew who Adam Troutman was outside of the big time people that just consistently do this week in and week out. But Troutman wasn't a, a household name. You know what I mean? Bryant wasn't a household name. Some of these guys come out of the woodworks like a Josh Peterson and like some of these other guys that are going to come out and and be better. So this early in the process, I feel like we picked two guys that I think that we could see talked highly of as the season progresses, Stoops. Yeah, I agree. And, and like you said, it's just with the with us doing these so early, it's that preliminary pre oh my god prelims rankings, right? I can never say that word correctly, but it's just those initial rankings that we just put out there. And it's guys that we've looked at stat wise, uh, video wise, whatever. And we, we've really liked what we saw. So we're kind of putting, 
putting our neck out there and ranking them where we rank them. So um, things will change. You know, obviously, even before the season, things could potentially change whenever news comes out of, you know, this guy's named the starter, this guy's not, so on and so forth. And then throughout the season itself, um, things are going to change. Names are going to come up that we, you know, hadn't heard of before or that we didn't look at, you know, as in depth that we maybe should have. So this season, um, once it's to roll, we're going to. We're going to change some things around. I, I'm fairly certain of that. Even even last year we did, right? So it's definitely going to be exciting to see what these guys can do throughout the whole season. All right, folks, before we close out the show, I kind of want to talk to you about a little bit what Stoops and I have planned for the, over the next couple months on the Debbie Delight. We've, we're have we're kind of excited to do this. We did this a little bit last year, but we kind of came into the party a little bit late. So we didn't get to cover all the guys, per se, that we wanted to talk about. But starting next week, we're going to start doing conference player profiles. And we're going to do quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end as each week progresses. And then we're going to do it by conference. So we're kicking it off next week with the Pac-12 and their quarterbacks. So what we're going to do each week is Stoops is going to pick a guy out of the Pac-12. He could be a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. It doesn't matter. We're going to talk about him. And then I'm going to pick a guy. And then we're going to have the fans, the people that listen, other people that uh, we communicate with on Twitter, pick another guy that we're going to kind of dissect. And we're going to do this every week up leading up until the college football season does start. We're going to break down each and every conference. And I'm very, very excited about this because it's going to really give us some time to dissect some of these guys on a level that we have not done yet. And with us talking about every single aspect of the class, I'm really um, enthused to be able to see some of these freshmen and sophomores that we're not going to be talking about at the end of the year, but when we're starting to kick off into the 2022 season, we'll already have an idea of some of the guys that we like a little bit more than we do at this particular point at the podcast. You know that, Stoops? Yeah, for sure. So definitely excited to get into those player profiles. I had a blast with them um, when we when we started doing those, um, you know, a couple months ago. So being able to dive in a little bit deeper and then even for us to go in and break it down more so per position, per conference, it's going to give us that ability to to then go deeper into these conferences as well as these positions. Because I know when we very first started this podcast, right, we kind of did it as more of a blanket, like, okay, we're going to talk about this conference, pick a guy and let's go. Well, it kind of limited it on who we could really talk about. So the fact that we decided to dive in uh, much, much deeper, give more names out there. So um, yeah, I'm excited for it, you know, to talk about a freshman, a sophomore, um, even a junior. So even a draft eligible guy, right, that, that could potentially come out, but that we haven't touched base on yet. It's definitely going to be exciting and fun. And I'm, I'm excited to see who you choose as some of your guys. And um, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, certain conferences who I want to talk about at each position. But it's going to be a blast. Um, I hope that everyone enjoys it. And, you know, if there's any specific guys y'all want to hear, obviously let us know. We'll, we'll make sure we get them on the show. Uh, if you want to come on the show, hey, hey, we love we love to have guests. We haven't had one yet. We haven't had one. But we would love to bring some people on and, and talk, some, talk about some guys that you like yourself. I totally agree 100%. Do us a favor, folks. Check out um, Gabriel. He did our intro music that we introduced last week and – we kind of kicked off season two with some new music, and I'm pretty excited about it. Make sure to check out his podcast as well, The Open Bar Pod. Do us a favor. Head on over to expandtheboxscore.com. Utilize the tool that Stoops and I use each and every week to garner some of the stats that we talk about. Head on over to Twitter. Give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. Give the show a follow at the Debbie Delight. 
And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.